What's up, everyone? Happy Friday. I'm your host of the Raptors Reasonables Podcast, Blake Murphy. Uh, this is not a straight-up podcast, but last night was Hoop Talks Live at the Rivoli. Um, Eric Green, Holly McKenzie, Ashley Docking, and I were on a panel together. We recorded the audio. We thought we would throw it your way as a bonus podcast episode. Uh, so enjoy, and have a great weekend. So Eric just walked on the stage, and I complimented on his very, very nice shirt. And who also gave you a compliment whose opinion matters way more than mine? Damari Carroll. Oh, yeah. Yes. When when you get a when you get a fashion compliment from Damari Carroll, you uh, it's like a forty eight hour high. Damari Carroll can wear anything, you know. Like sometimes you see guys in the and locker I room. I can't. Well, no, you, not very many of us can, unfortunately. That's why the compliment means a lot. Yeah. But a lot of times you'll see guys in the locker room wearing really ugly things, um, shoes especially that are really loud, and I don't like them. And people will will lie to them and say, "Oh, really nice," and you know they're not. Wait, people, people <laughs> lie to <laughs> professional basketball players to make them feel good. Wow. I don't. <laughs> I do not do this. I save my compliments for when they're real. But Damari can wear anything. Sometimes you're just like, if anyone else tried to wear this pink sweatsuit with elephants on it, they would look insane. And Damari can pull it off. I don't get it. I love it. What In if he was wearing those bedazzled shoes though? But they would be problem. Oh, you like them though on him. Only on just Damari. on him. Okay. Like, he's just got this whole thing yeah yeah i guess i guess that's it it worked. he wore a sweatsuit in the playoffs to a practice that With was the birds, nothing but right? birds right he has head a to toe birds he told me a, a section of his closet is just things with birds on them he he enjoys he's, that he's like so. winston from new girl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except with dreads i love birds on clothes what do you think he'd ever get a picture of norman powell's dog apollo on his shirt and wear that well, he has his own one dog. of the weirdest that is a great I've question. Yeah. No, but I feel, no, I feel dogs, like some. Yeah, right? he, he has but his I feel like that would be too dogs. obvious. Not Demari Carroll is pretty supportive of his own. Of brand. his own. Of his own yeah, people. Like I think he's. I think he'd stick with his. Uh, his fat. What kind dog. of dogs does with he with have? With his pets. Yeah. Some, some sort of bulldog. bulldog yeah. yeah. Okay. They're very chubby. Like overweight chubby or like cute chubby. Like on the on the edge for bulldogs. Animals are always cute chubby. Okay, guys, I need to check in with you on something because I've been noticing it over social media over the last little while, and it involves Terrence Ross, who we'll get into in just a moment. But more importantly, it involves bulk barn. And oh, yes, I was no, so excited I'm about Because this. we're not all there to see the goings-on, and I need, I need a timeline. Yes. So maybe, Holly, you want to take the lead on this, on okay. how this became a thing. Well, I love the bulk barn. I, in I feel 1961. Like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most of us do. It's a very Canadian thing. I don't know. I feel like it's super Canadian. One day I was just like on Instagram, just like scrolling away. It was a game day. I don't know how long ago it was, maybe like a month and a half ago. And Terrence had just started using Instagram stories. I still don't do Instagram stories. That's not my deal. Like, it's too much for me. Sorry, guys. Um, not that anyone cares about Snapchat stories, what I'm though? Doing. No. Neither. I, no. I don't like when people do both and it's the same it's thing the same on both thing, stories. Yeah. That's really weird to me. But Terrence had just started doing Instagram stories. He was so, so you could tell he was like trying it out. And he his first or first story that I had seen was he was at the bulk barn and it was just like, here I am at the bulk barn, like scrolling his phone, showing all of the all of the rows of candy. And his like caption was like bulk barn, like love the bulk barn. And he was he did he did it twice and he was like so excited about it. If Terrence does something once, you're like, oh cool, he wants to share something with us. Twice, you're like, okay, he he's really into this. So then we went to the game that night and pregame, he was getting ready and we were in there. And pregame's always sort of weird because, like, you feel like you're totally encroaching on their space because they don't really want to talk to you ever, especially not pregame when they're, like, preparing 
to get ready to go play. But Terrence was in his locker, and I couldn't help it, and I was really excited. And I was like, you went to the bulk burn. Like, that's so Canadian. That's amazing. And he was really excited about it and uh, said, I love the bulk burn, man. There's one, that li- there's one that's right beside me, and I, went, I didn't go to that one today. I went to another location. <laughs> and if you, were <laughs> if you were wondering what he likes, gummies, man. Like, any kind of gummies, all gummies. And then he said, like, my life hack is for traffic. You just have to keep bags of candy in your car. It's not good for you, but you just, like, eat the candy. And then he was telling me all the stuff that he got. He was very excited. We all joined in the conversation. And then I don't think it was that game. I think it was the next game. After the game, we went into the locker room. And when he came out of the shower area to get dressed, there was like a delivery of bulk well, barn boxes. There, there's a step in between where we all started tweeting about Terrence's oh love yes. for bulk barn. And then the bulk barn corporate account went on like a faving spree. Like, and like they were really reached excited. out to Terrence Ross from there because everyone, like it was uh-huh. blowing up the Terrence They were Ross really excited. They barn. were as excited as we were about Terrence's bulk barn I love. think we should have got some stuff from bulk barn. I was going to say. I know. I haven't even got an itty bitty baller yet. <laughs> <laughs> I got offered a defective one. Uh, yeah. Did you take it? Yeah. It, JV's supposed to bring it next game. Fifteen dollars still for a broken one, but oh, you have to pay. <laughs> I can't believe. Who do you think I am? <laughs> I don't know. If you're getting, if you're getting ballers. offered itty bitty ballers, I feel like it should be free. People don't usually like offer. Hey, do you mm. want this? But <laughs> the uh, the idea today at practice between some uh, per- perhaps cynical sports writers uh, was a itty bitty baller of JV pump faking, and then <laughs> a, and then attached to Andre jo- Drummond <laughs> jumping at that pump fake. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I like that story. Thanks for filling in the blanks, guys. I can't believe you guys didn't get bulk burn, though. That, like, really makes me upset. But also he had a whole box of it, and he was like... Yeah. Did he share? He, no, didn't he didn't open share. it in front of us. He didn't open it. Probably he didn't want to share, because he didn't want to share. Like Have a you ever seen Terrence Ross pass? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was right there. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Two-foot putt. Also super weird <laughs> that, like, bulk burns his thing now when his whole thing this offseason about why his game has gotten better <laughs> is that he lost 15 pounds when he was already, yeah. like, underweight... So I just imagine him now eating this, like boxes of bulk barn there's and not putting on any weight, and I get no cal- so mad. There's no calories in candy. Yeah, not in gummies <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Maybe so. he secretly just is eating like healthy nuts and stuff. That's why he didn't open the boxes. No, Do you think it's actually gummies? They just sent him the protein powder. He's he's like Raw listed granola. the different <laughs> kinds. Like he's pretty into the whole gummy thing. Yeah, it's pretty All serious. Right. I like it. I like well, it too. I disagree. With I disagree with his choices. <laughs> Why? I'm a chocolate guy over a candy guy. Is it That's sour gummies or sweet gummies? A All bit of gummies. Both, I'm yeah. sour. Like just flat out, just blanket gummies. Blanket gums. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could. Um, you know, you want to give me free I think candy. The actual, I'm not yeah. going to be that choosy about <laughs> it, to I be I think honest. his actual quote was, gummies all day. Yeah. All, yeah. I remembered it because it made me laugh. I was like, you are, you are just as excited as I am. The thing about sour gummies <laughs> is there's a natural limit you can have on it before, like, harming your mouth. And it's your your mouth teeth get all like fuzzy. Bleeding. Yeah. 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 Like anyway, Swedish berries, or as they call them at Bulk Barn, Finnish berries. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> it also kind of completes the whole Terrence Ross aesthetic where he's a comic book nerd and a video game nerd, and now he's just, like, surrounded by giant bags of candy all the time. Like, I hung out with a ton of Terrence Rosses in university. Terrence <laughs> is, like... I, w- Eric and I were talking about this the other night. Like, he went up for this crazy rebound, which Eric loves when... I love what he skies for uncontested rebounds. That's my favorite And, like, like, you watch that, or you watch him, like, pull off, like... This crazy like 360 dunk like in a game where someone's guarding him, and then after the game he's like, oh, like no, no one was really guarding me. Like it's not like I did anything that crazy. And you're <laughs> just like, okay, like just be excited for once because we would all die to be able to even just like imagine how it feels. But we were talking about how Terrence is kind of that guy that's like 
he's all of us if we could do one of those things even for a second because he just does these crazy ass things that don't make any sense that you probably wouldn't expect like a professional athlete to do but he just does them really effortlessly and, and he's us and like that was the 30 minute the good and the bad that was the 30 minute session at hoop talks where they <laughs> just <laughs> talked about Terrence Ross yeah, we'll see you guys day. next time on <laughs> March 30th <30. laughs> <laughs> was he um super embarrassed or bothered by the windmill dunk fail did him following <laughs> up by trying it two more times make it seem like he was embarrassed? You don't know. Sometimes what people show is not necessarily what's going on. I'm just asking a question. I think Terrence Ross lives his best life. All the time, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Embar- Shoot your shot, 2017. Yeah. Embarrassment yeah. does not enter into the equation with uh, Terry. He was excited. He was like, wasn't excited, but as soon as he got in, he was very um, enthusiastic about the fact that he knew he was going to be a meme. He was like, oh, no, this is going to be everywhere. And, uh, he, and like then he, he, like he put it on Instagram stuff, himself yeah. like yeah. two seconds afterwards. He was like, curse of Vince. Like, you can't be that embarrassed if you're leaning into it. I think like two years ago, he might have not leaned into it as hard, but we can come up with some narrative about maturation through that, I'm sure, if we try hard enough. It's just good strategy for anyone if you're going to get, you know, dunked on metaphorically. Yeah. You, you kind of have you to get own ahead it. That's you the get best ahead way of to... Yeah. Get ahead of the controversy. It's basic, you know... It's not funny for level. people to make fun of you if you're making fun of yourself. Yeah. Then, yeah. And also, he can do those dunks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <He> can't exactly. <laughs> you can't really make fun of him if he can do those dunks. If he can't actually do it. Yeah, yes. he's so much cooler than we'll ever be. <laughs> That's what I think when I watch Terrence play basketball and he does something crazy. I'm like, could you imagine just once in your life? No. And this is why Lake he's untouchable the on the trade market. <laughs> oh, do you want to get into that? No. no they, talked about <laughs> they talked about it in the earlier panel. Sean Woodley was yeah. like besmirching Eastern Europeans. <laughs> I know. That like, was very offensive. I Polish and Ukrainian heritage. So uh, Ukrainian screw as well. Th- I didn't screw that bring guy. At the time. I'm going to start a beef with Woodley and crush him with my social media presence. <laughs> I'll retweet it and like <laughs> it, as hopefully will Balkbarn. All right, let's <laughs> move on from Terrence Ross because we have a lot to get to, and I really want to get uh, into your guys' it's good heads. we were so efficient with our time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, these are things that are interesting, though, because I really feel like not a lot of people will be privy to the conversations yes. that you guys have. <laughs> so You guys miss a lot. <laughs> Do you care to share? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we're nearly halfway through the season, as I talked about earlier, and I kind of want to know stories that are on your guys' minds or things that you didn't think that you would be talking about at this point of the season for good reasons or for bad reasons. Um, I want to sort of start off where I left off our Raptors reasonableness on The Athletic today. Uh, Where can they find that, Eric? Theathletic.com slash... Toronto. There you go. <laughs> Theathletic.com slash Toronto. <laughs> they Eric, it. I believe you have a, a shirt from The Athletic that you can give away to someone in the audience. Yeah. Right? Yes, I do. Now would probably be a good time to do that since you're talking about content on The Athletic. I don't want to throw it. Uh, what, what are you going to do? Shouldn't there be some sort of contest? I feel like maybe we should... You want to go out there with a mic and, you know, trivia mm, questions? No. Just throw it out, man. All right. <laughs> well, whoever gets, that, whoever gets us now has a t-shirt. What size is that? Uh, <laughs> large. That fits people. <laughs> Right in the All candle. Right. <laughs> um, Congratulations, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, good for you. <laughs> Damari Carroll, like, after giving me and most Raptors fans a lot of cause for concern, like, the last four games, he's been over 33 minutes in each of them. And while I wouldn't say they've been, like, full, complete, 
you know, perfect performances. There have been moments against the Jazz or moments in the second half uh, against the Celtics, you know, that block on Isaiah Thomas where he helped Corey Joseph. And like was he, very excited after. Yeah, well, because I think he felt, uh, he felt wrong done by the officials on the previous play. Also, it's hard, like the highest he's hard. jumped in two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, he, like, not that he's the stopper that everybody hoped he would be when they signed him, but, you know, he's quietly developing into that guy who you don't feel you're giving minutes to just so maybe he'll get back to that place. Like, he's gone from, well, we hope he'll be valuable to actually being valuable. And I think, like, recently, that's the most positive sign I've seen in what it overall has been sort of an uneven period of play. And it's why you have patience with him all along and you let him play 20 minutes a game and sit out back-to-backs and why you continue to give his minutes to him instead of Norman Powell or whoever as he's getting back to it because you need this version of Damari Carroll um, to go where you ultimately want to go. And I still, I'm not as convinced the defense is back as you are quite yet. As well, I would I would say, especially with quicker wings, like yeah. that's where my concern, he's not like nimble going around screens right now, but he's able to do more than he was previously in the season. Which yeah, and, and offensively, I think it's important to remember that like last year he played, what, 25 games with the starters in the regular season, and then in the playoffs, you're not exactly trying to get comfortable with new things. And when the Hawks were here not that long ago, I talked to Kent Bazemore and Kyle Korver about what it was like to play with Carroll, and they said kind of a similar thing to what the Raptors seem to be going through in that Carroll's game is like it exists entirely – in the nuance where you're not running plays for him and he's constantly just moving um, unless he's spotting up. And and to get the timing down for that movement and for you to learn where Damari Carroll might be cutting and for Damari Carroll, especially with two ball-dominant guys like Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, for him to learn them takes a lot of game reps. So the fact that he's now getting to where he's played, you know, 60 games with these guys in substantial minutes, I think it makes sense that his offense is coming along. And I think he's been, you know, as good as you would expect offensively over the last little bit beyond just spotting up for threes. And some of that might be the health, but some of it might just be, you know, a guy like that who needs to know his teammates really well and needs timing to succeed on the offensive end. It was always going to take a lot of time and he never got it last year. Yeah, that was pretty much what <laughs> you, you went where I was going to go. I mean, I know when the, when the season started and he wasn't playing back-to-backs and everyone kept saying the plan was in the new year that he would be able to do the back-to-backs. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. I hope it does. It, it has now started to happen. But I think for me, the biggest thing, whenever you talk to Damari, the one thing that really impresses me about him is like whether his game is up or down, like whether he's playing well or not, whether he's injured as he was last season, he's really steady when you talk to him. And like the cliche that NBA players always say is never get too high and never get too low. And it's so annoying when they tell you that because you're like, I can't use this quote. Everyone's heard it a thousand times. But with Damari, like there is truth to it. Like he always talks about trusting the process, uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) which we have all heard a lot of this season. Um, But in a way, it's true. Like, like, uh, Like Blake said, I think that for him, it's important for anyone to be familiar with their teammates, but especially for him in the way that he scores. Um, and also defensively, makes different defensive reads and plays. It comes from being familiar with the players that he's on the floor with. And I think that you look at last year, it was such a disjointed year for him and for, th- for the team as well as they were trying to get used to him, getting used to not having him. Suddenly he's back in the playoffs when he also really wasn't healthy, dealing with a lot of different injuries. He didn't really get to have that time. So as much as during the beginning of the year when sometimes I would be like, 
nudging Eric and like looking at, at Norm's line and being like, I just want to see Norm because I always want to see Norm. Um, it makes sense that we didn't because Damari needed this time to get familiar and comfortable and also to work his way back. And I think you're seeing the, the um, what's the word I'm thinking of? The fruits of the fruits labor. Of Thank labor. you. Yes, exactly. Um, and it's, you know, I think he's come close to admitting he sort of chafed at the plan. Like, he felt he could be, he mm -hmm. could be playing back-to-backs earlier. That's his nature. But, you know, it, it credit to him and credit to the Raptors staff for making sure that they didn't let, let the player win that battle, you know? Like, that's a mature, I always, I mature organization and a mature player. I always appreciate hearing him talk about his journey back because you get this sense that everything he's saying, it, it means so much to him, and, and, and you can see the maturity as he talks about how hard it is to not rush back or to, or to listen to, to what the coaching staff and, and the trainers are saying. And when he was not playing in those back-to-backs, if you would ask him, are you going to play? Do you know which game you're sitting? He'd be like, nope, I just show up and ask them whatever they say. That's what goes. And it's interesting because as a competitor and an athlete, you know that the, the, the desire is to push and to pull and to do more, but you could really see this year that he was – sticking with the plan, which I always thought was interesting. So speaking of the plan, you guys were at practice today. I wasn't. Uh, how concerned are we about Patrick Patterson now not practicing again? Um, I'd give it a, put a 7 <laughs> out of 10 on the concern level. Would it, based on the conversation today with Dwayne Casey... Uh, <laughs> would I wouldn't call it much of a conversation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were at practice, at least. Um, yeah. Would you imagine what's coming up? Brooklyn, New York, Philly, Brooklyn? I don't want to speculate. My you yeah. speculated that he was going to start, and you were correct. So <laughs> yeah. you, you are the foremost Patrick Patterson speculator. <laughs> this organization has a history of not playing players after they, if they haven't practiced. But at the same time, Patterson played on Sunday without having fully participated in a practice beforehand. My guess is he doesn't play tomorrow. Um, but I certainly don't know that. And but that that would be my my best guess. Do you think the Raptors can handle Luis Scola without him? Mm -hmm. well, stop. <laughs> stop that. Don't be mean to Luis. Stop. Leave him alone. He's we the only Brooklyn Nets player I can remember <laughs> off the top of my head. I can't be mean man. to anyone else. That's not true. No. <laughs> okay. What about the rest of the league though? Because there's a lot of interesting things going Giannis. on, and I know. Yes. But okay. First of all. I have a really big problem with his last name, as I'm sure a lot of people do. And I was going, I went online and I looked at the Bucks media guide and their phonetic spelling of his last name. And it is not how everyone says it or how most people and say Tata it. Kumpo? No. What it's A H dash D E H dash T O H. It's A De To Kunbo B O H. All right. So Giannis. Giannis, yeah, the Greek freak <laughs> for anyone else. But anyway, it's just very curious to me because you hear people on tons of broadcasts say it differently, so I'm just wondering if I've seen it phonetically wrong in the D-League, but that is also not the NBA, so maybe it's just a thing that happens sometimes. Oh, when Thanasis was down there? Thanasis and, like, Yannick, Yannick, things like that. I always feel like I read those wrong, though. Like, they're supposed to help you, but they actually always make me more confused. And I remember, <laughs> like, when Rondo was really young in the league, I had done something on him, and I remember, like, seeing the team, like, the team uh, pronunciation guide, mm -hmm. and it was totally different than the way I had ever heard his name pronounced. So I had to, like, email their PR guy to be like, are we saying his name wrong? And he was like, nope, you're saying it right. That's wrong. And it was like, so why? If you know <laughs> it's wrong, why are you <laughs> leaving it for everyone I don't know, so I never, yeah, I don't. The I don't weirdest care. one for me that I run into is it's supposed to be Nune. Not na like Nene? No. No. Nene? Yeah. Wrong. What? How do you say Nene. it? How do you say 
it because I actually had this conversation with the Houston Rockets. No, I don't know how to, but I don't but accept. I just don't. But how do you that. say it? Like what? Wait, <laughs> nene. nene. Yeah, it's nene. Nene. Yeah. It's nene. 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 See. I vote nay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but back to Giannis? Holly screamed out Giannis at yes. one point. Um, we were, it's easy to make fun of the fans for their awful voting, and Giannis is what he's doing is obviously amazing. But I'm I'm sort of heartened that he is in the top three because like yes, like we can all recognize what he's doing is undeniable, but he's still doing it for a mediocre Milwaukee team, you know. So like. Sure, Zaza Pachulia is second in the West, but like credit <laughs> to the fans for getting like something right, even if Jimmy Butler should quite obviously be right there with him, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm obviously very excited for Giannis because I love everything about him a lot. Exactly. Um, I don't normally get upset with All Star voting, even though I know that like you were talking about in the previous panel, it's a bit frustrating when um, like money and contract stuff I is looped in, or like you said, Hall of Fame when you get to say ten time All Star, twelve time like like it's sort of annoying in that sense. But like year to year, I don't really get too worked up about it, especially when I know it's fans voting because you know things can happen and people have opinions and people love career guys who are getting in over you know what their season is but let me tell you when who, those do, you first who do you mean by that <laughs> when <laughs> those first returns came back i was really mad when i saw you guys might not realize how hard it is to make holly mad like i was really upset about it's where kyle was and especially that there was a point guard directly in front of him and i just thought this is not okay and it really made me mad because kyle has been freaking great this year and that was absurd to me. And fans can do what they want, but I really was upset with that. And I'm still annoyed with it. Even though it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Have I said nothing matters in every hoop toss ever? <laughs> every day. <laughs> I think it's your catchphrase at this point. What about you? Anything besides Raptors that's really intriguing for you? or that's? I mean, it, you guys talked about him a lot on the earlier one, and it relates to the all-star voting. But Joel Embiid has been the best part of this NBA season, like, by far. Um, he's so lovable. His... I know some people like Sean Woodley hate fun and hate, you know, him pushing for his own votes on social media. The fact that he's trying to get a date with a girl by getting voted in the All-Star game is hilarious to me. His numbers are absolutely obscene for a rookie playing 25 minutes a game and like his game is so aesthetically pleasing and he's just so much fun dancing with cheerleaders and having fun with DeMarcus Cousins and Kristaps Porzingis and everything. He's like everything that is right and that you should hope for your young stars to be. So um, I don't know if he's going to end up cracking the vote, but he, I want him in the game because he's everything the game is supposed to be. That's sort of the most exciting thing to me. Sorry, Eric, not to jump whatever. in. <laughs> whatever, whatever I was going to say. Was it doesn't be matter. Right? You're used to this yeah. with me at this point of our friendship. Um, you look at uh, Embiid, you look at Giannis, you look at Porzingis. It's exciting to me to see these guys. Each of them are doing things on the floor that you we really haven't seen before. Different moves, different things that you're like, how did that happen? Oh my God. Once they get a bit better, you're definitely not going to be able to stop these moves. And you see how young they are and how good they are, and it just makes me really excited. It's I'm uh, excited about the battle for the eight <laughs> in the Western Conference, baby. The most Who makes it to 35 wins first? The Raptors franchise has so many like terrible and painful what ifs. One of them is eventually going to be like one that ranks really high is that Masai tried so hard to trade up for Giannis and wasn't able to. And like at some point he's going to be probably as LeBron starts declining like 10 years from now. Um, Giannis is probably going to be at some point the best all around player in the Eastern Conference. 
And, like, I don't know, Masai, like, chasing that by picking Bruno after her. Well, I believe, like, Daniel Reynolds on the previous, who's on the previous panel, has threatened to write fan fiction uh, if the Raptors did not trade for Kyle Lowry and retain their pick <laughs> and then picked Giannis because they would have had a terrible year and a more terrible year. Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> eager to read anything Dan Reynolds writes, <laughs> but that I would probably read. <laughs> Uh, okay, guys, we have a question in the back here. I don't know if you can see. It's almost impossible, but I'm here with Matt, and uh, he'd like to ask. Hello, oh, Matt. there we go. This is Matt. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, I was just wondering what the expectation is for the Raps with uh, Jared Sollinger supposedly uh, returning very soon. Well, you said he tweeted a smiley face or I something I think it was today. a smiley face. You guys could probably. He and DeLon both had, like, happy D- DeLon tweets. was in New York today, which I assume means he, he good was news seeking or something? clearance. I don't know. He was posting on his Instagram story that he was there and stuff. And last time he was there, he got cleared to do three-on-three. Three. So I'm assuming five-on-five is next. Um, he, he had targeted January 17th originally, and that's Tuesday. I don't think I'm making <laughs> up the Sullinger tweet. I love that we get our information from um, social media accounts because if we ask actual people, we won't I, be told I would anything. think <laughs> slightly, I mean, slightly before, slightly after the All-Star break for Sullinger is probably the window and you would hope it's before, uh, but there's still nothing firm, but that'd be my best guess. The nice thing is right before the All-Star break, too, they have kind of a spread-out schedule. They play, they have like a three-days-off thing. They, with the All-Star break, they end up playing like three games over 15 days, so if Sullinger can make it back a little bit before, you kind of get those games to work them in, and then all that time off to you know make sure everything's okay, and then get them some practice time and stuff. Um, I don't know. When he comes back, it's going to be... Then you trade him for Millsap. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. The number of people that seem to want to punt on Sollinger for someone else now that he's almost back, like, where were these suggestions, like, when it happened? Like, why would we wait the entire time that he was injured and now get rid of him for someone else? Because he uh, wasn't on the market. Millsap wasn't on the market then. But now it's not even is. just Millsap. I've seen, like, <laughs> oh, why don't you trade Sollinger for Taj Gibson? Or why don't you <laughs> trade him for Trevor Booker or whoever? And Those players don't make you that much better. They might not be better than Jared Sollinger, they who, might was, not who started like 73 games for a yes. decent team last year. Well, and I'm not supporting these suggestions. Yeah. Or am I supporting my own suggestions? <laughs> I don't support anything. <laughs> anyway, so, Nihilism. Sollinger will help. I was still, you know, I was skeptical about him starting and playing defensively with Jonas Valanciunas. But they got by with Scola there. They got by with Siakam there. And Siakam's going to be awesome defensively but he's still a little kind of all over the place there. Um, and the, the Raptors are dead last in defensive rebounding right now. And Nylon Calculus had a stat last year. They don't update it anymore because all their people are working for NBA teams now. <laughs> um, but they controlled for the amount, uh, like how often your defensive rebounds were contested and how many guys were around. So, you know, Terrence Ross and Skying for his rebounds uh, don't count for as much. And Jared Sollinger and, Yod- Sullinger and Valanciunas <laughs> were both top everything. 15. Style points. Sullinger and Valanciunas <laughs> were both top 15 by this metric. So, like, the Raptors will have the best rebounding front court I- in the NBA at that point. And even if they can't defend quite as well the initial stops, you know, they're not going to be giving up second and third chances like they were against Chicago or like they've done sometimes. Um, so he'll help. Offensively, they don't really need the boost, but he passes so well and has range out to 18 feet. It'll, it'll, it'll help on that end, too. People should be excited. Like, I, yeah. I don't think... You know, he's not the guy that solves the long-term power, starting power forward question, but he's a good player you're getting back right at the yeah. trade deadline. Well, and whether he ends up in the starting lineup or not, and obviously Patrick Patterson's allergic to starting, but uh, if, he, if they decide at some point that that's not the case, he's still 
gives you so much more versatile versatility up front than you currently have. Like right now, it's pretty much Patterson if he's healthy, or go really young or go small. And like I don't think Dwayne Casey feels really good about any of those options other than Patterson. Yeah, I'm a huge Lucas Nogueira fan. Uh, like I like what he can bring when he's on. Um, but there are some matchups where Jared Sollinger will become your best backup center too. Yeah, and every time uh, Dwayne Casey's asked about him, he always talks about his basketball IQ and just how good he's been on to have on the sidelines. And he always says there's a lot of guys that just talk to talk, but with him you know that he actually has a really, really good basketball IQ and he's a really smart player and he's been helping out a lot of the guys uh, while he hasn't been playing, especially Siakam. If you talk to Siakam, he always singles out Sollinger as helping him figure out this role that he was thrust into from day one. That you know what Jared Sollinger is? Really expect. What is that? Son of a coach. Exactly, he is. Actually, his dad was around for yeah. a while. We kept seeing this Thatch. really, this really nice man pregame who would always smile and say hi. And I was like, "Who is this?" And turned out it was uh, it was Jared's dad. But back to that point, uh, whenever he does come back, usually the hardest part we sort of talked about it with uh, Damari is getting used to the players around you and getting familiar, figuring out where your spots are, what your role is going to be. The fact that he's such a smart player, I think that that helps is going to make that a lot easier because while he's been sitting on the sideline watching, he's not just watching the way maybe another guy would be watching. He's probably seeing the floor and seeing the systems and his teammates a lot better. So I think that's a good thing, even though we don't really have an answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Rambling. We don't ramble. really know. We yeah. don't really know, and nothing matters. So, <laughs> okay, we have another question from Ben there before we wrap up. Wrap up, excuse me. Okay. Um, yeah. So you've we talked a lot about like the the Raptors bench and these young players, like the recent draft picks. I'm not sure if I see like a star among them. I'm not sure if you guys see any stars among them. But if you had to sort of rank them in terms of who is actually going to have a big impact in the next few years, the next generation of Raptors, who would you say that that is? Are well, you like, watching are we, Norman Powell play yeah, like, basketball or no? Is Norman well, Powell <laughs> in this group? And, and are you talking about like for the Raptors and like what the Raptors are going to be over the next little bit or like in a vacuum, which of these guys would be the best? Because Powell is, is the best player in that group. That's a good question. Thanks. But no, I'm, I'm wondering what he's actually asking. Do you mean like with the Raptors or like – if they traded one, who's going to be the best? Or, like, if the team scrapped it and went to the youth guys, like, wh which way do you mean it? Well, I, I guess I'm just more thinking, like, the front court, like, Siakam got a lot of minutes earlier. But are people higher on, on Pirtle? Is, is, do they expect him to fill in if they trade JV and then it's, is Pirtle expected to be the next star in the front court? Star? No. I, I don't think, like, the thing with Pirtle coming into the draft, and this was, um, you know, talking to a couple different people from a couple different teams at Summer League and then talking to some analytic people. Basically, Pirtle was bust-proof where no one sees this guy being anything worse than, like, a quality backup center. Um, his upside might be, like, a decent starter. So I don't think there – I don't know if there's star potential there. I think he does a lot of things really intelligently on defense. He's got some nice ball skill on the offensive end. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to become a star. You know, he wasn't even really, like, a star star at Utah – um, it, Siakam might have the higher upside just because of the crazy things he can do and, and what his defensive potential might be and if he eventually can play the you know a smaller five but I mean they're both Pirtle was kind of a floor pick which was a little unsexy but he's going to be he's going to be a good NBA player at least I know you're asking about the front court but I still think I remember we were watching a preseason not a preseason it was after the season a bunch of the Raptors young guys were uh were just sort of scrimmaging at Biosteel Center. And 
we've forgotten, but DeLon Wright's going to be good. He's, he's, he's already good. Yeah, like he's, he doesn't have a spot on this team right now, and he's, on, and he's not healthy. But like I, I know people are saying he's going to be a good backup point guard. I think, and, and I'd still say that's probably where he'll end up, but he could end up as a quality starter. Like it would not shock me if in three or four years we're talking about DeLon Wright as a starting point guard in the NBA. Yeah, so this is why I wanted to clarify, you know, for the Raptors or whatever, because DeLon Wright and Norman Powell don't have – great pass the playing time and maybe DeLon Wright shows enough that eventually Corey Joseph is a movable piece I don't think they do that now and risk you know eight to ten minutes of DeLon Wright in the playoffs until you've seen it but you're right Wright's really good and Norm's really good and there are it's it's this weird thing where you know people want the Raptors to trade their picks and cash it in for help now Um, and if those deals were on the table they probably would in some cases but it's nice to have this consistent pipeline of really inexpensive labor as the cap goes up and as DeRozan hits a new contract and as Lowry hits a new contract, it's important to have these guys. And then if a trade pops up or if injury strikes, they're in a good position depth-wise. In- inexpensive labor. They're people, Blake. Yes, the, I, I definitely This went, is two hoop Whoa. talks in a row where I've referred to <laughs> players as, like, strictly assets. People uh. aren't numbers. <laughs> Says the guy that was touting his Twitter followers <laughs> earlier. <laughs> We've got a 30K guy on the panel tonight. Almost. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> No, they're, they are people, but like from a <laughs> roster-building standpoint, they are people who make a my, certain my salary relative to the salary gap. Yeah. My victory is making him defend that, where it <laughs> needed no defending. Valuable use of time. All right, you guys. Thank you very much. We got to get out of here. Awkward ending. Yeah, that's your, that's on you guys. I don't know Norm where to go from amazing. that. Norm is Delon's really good. The future <laughs> is bright, and things do matter. <laughs> there you go, Holly McKenzie, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Blake guys. Murphy, Eric Curry. Thank you. If only to be a reasonable man